Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Crossover Across Time podcast for the Monday edition, Week 10, uh, Monday. That, of course, is December 19th of 2022. Uh, and since it's a Monday, I'm once again joined by my co-host and good friend, Wyatt. Wyatt, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I am done with finals and now have about a month off of school, so life's good. Wyatt is a free man, newly liberated from the, yeah. <laughs> the stresses of school. Uh, no, that's great. And and we're all, of course, feeling great since uh, the holidays are coming up this very weekend. Um, I, I'm excited, man. I think it's going to be good. I'm going home to visit visit nice. family. Um, we're all preparing a meal like on a certain day, and I have uh, Christmas Eve lunch. And so I'm trying to plan like recipes and stuff it's crazy like who, hmm. who does this stuff you know <laughs> nice <laughs> so anyways that's a little bit of what's going on with us let's go ahead and get into uh our game summaries now we're doing it differently this week uh now part of this is because i was a little bit delayed in getting our prep work done for the show but the other part is you know i'm confident in in wyatt he's a co-host he's he knows he knows some things about basketball i guess so <laughs> so you know we're gonna do a spin we're gonna let wyatt take the lead on the five on five drill he's picked some games that he wants to talk about uh i trust his judgment on this and i'll kind of just chip in with any comments i have and we'll we'll run through our games so with without any further ado wyatt take it away all right so the first game that i selected was the magic at celtics on friday This game was interesting because as we have been following the uh, roster all season and the standings, the Celtics are terrible or the Celtics are great. And the Nets, wow, the magic are terrible. (laughs) They're like bottom of the barrel versus Mm -hmm. basically the top team in the East. So the Boston Celtics only led for the first quarter, though, and the rest of the game, the magic kind of ran away with it. Mm hmm. So that was surprising to me, and I thought it'd be worth talking about. Next game, also on Friday, uh, is the Nets at the Raptors. There you so, go. That, that was a big one. I, I did hear about this one. Glad you picked this one. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and share your thoughts on that one? Well, I, I didn't see a lot. I do know that it was pretty back and forth and that it was a Kyrie game winner to win that one. Uh, looks like it's a little bit of a streak that the Nets have put together. Um, and of course it was a normal Kyrie and Durant show as they kind of led the way, but a big thing for mm-hmm. Brooklyn, TJ Warren is back. So that's huge for them to have him in their rotation. He was a big off season signing, but, uh, yeah, I won't, I won't take over too much. You, you go ahead and see <laughs> a- anything else you want to talk about with that game. Well, I just looked up, um, you know, the lead tracker, there were seven lead changes, with mm-hmm. three ties, most of them being in that last quarter of the game. So it does sound it was, like it was uh, pretty back and forth, at least at the end there. It looks like the Raptors led for most of the first three quarters. But then the last mm-hmm. the last little bit was, uh, you know, the Nets were right there going back and forth with, with Raptors before finally securing the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, interesting game. Two teams that are both... You know, Nets are moving up closer to the top of the pack, but they both have been in the middle of the pack of the East for you mm-hmm. know most of the season. So, yeah, it's Good interesting to have you mentioned a that. Fun game. Yeah, 
because like the Nets and Raptors have hovered kind of towards the middle for the last several weeks. Within the last couple weeks, they're kind of taking these opposite paths. Like Nets are kind of climbing and the Raptors are kind of falling. So yeah, kind of interesting uh, you know, marker of that point. But yeah, yeah. Wyatt, what's what's your next game you want to talk about? So the next game is Mavericks at Cavs. So this Ooh. was a very close game, overtime um, versus two and between two very good teams the Cavs obviously have been performing better than the Mavericks have so far this season but the Mavericks mm. have been you know pretty competitive the the mm. past few years so if we look at the lead tracker here there were actually 13 lead changes here oh, wow. most of the game Dallas was winning but Cavs uh, took over for a little bit in the second quarter and then of course, at the end of the game, they ended up winning, but very competitive game. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it it's kind of unusual to see it quite that back and forth. So that's pretty cool. And cool for me to see. I know a lot of people are hating on Kemba, but he got 32 points because Luka didn't play that game. So he had 32. Good job, Kemba. Yeah, and, you know, if, if Luka had been playing, you know, it could have been a different game where the Mm-hmm. Mavericks actually could have got the the win over the Cavaliers, which you know were much better ranked than the Mavericks so far this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't see. I mean, Darius Garland had a pretty solid game. For uh, he was four plus fourteen on the plus minus at eighteen mm-hmm. points and uh, twelve assists, which is you know pretty yeah. impressive. In addition to seven rebounds so not bad there and then donovan mitchell 25 points so they kind of led the way for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. on the mavericks you had christian wood with 26 and yeah kemba walker you already mentioned with 32 so yeah no, studs yeah, for Chris, sure <laughs> definitely christian wood finally getting the start i don't know why they haven't been starting him but i know i i've been a big fan of him the last couple of years he's been i think a really good like solid player. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And let's move on to the Bulls and the Timberwolves. Okay. Bulls so this is moving on to Sunday. Yep. Um, I did not have the chance to watch this game or any of the other games, but the Timberwolves had a staggering 150 points this game. It's pretty big. Which is, yeah, pretty impressive here. And, you know, the Bulls had 126, which is, you know, not a small number by any means. Mm-hmm. We saw that overtime game was 100 to 99. So big difference there. Right. So DeRozan, the 29, Vucevic, 23, Zach Levine, 22. Uh, those were the big scores for the Bulls. And then if we look down at the Timberwolves here, we had 37 from Edwards, 28 from Russell, and then bunch of players in the in that you know kind of mid to high teens mm-hmm. for points. So they they had a pretty good spread on uh, scoring, except for the you know Edwards and Russell with mm-hmm. big some of points there. Yeah, pretty cool to see a team that doesn't have any like ridiculous stars get that high on the point 
yeah um, count you, you know you definitely want a balanced attack even with your you know all stars that being said i think it's worth noting that edwards and russell combined for 19 assists um which i think is a great sign for that backcourt to be leading the way and big for them to get a win like that without gobert so yeah huge win right yeah so our last game on the five on five is Hornets at the Nuggets. So this game I actually did, uh, you know, I didn't watch, but I did like read about and follow mm. a little bit. So the kind of cool thing that stuck out to me was uh, Jokic had 20 rebounds in the first half of the oh, game. I, that's right. I did see this. That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So that was uh pretty crazy for him. That put him in some pretty high company. First person to do that since Dwight Howard, I believe, I read mm. in 2018. Mm. So good job, Jokic. Uh, let's go ahead and look at his other numbers. So he ended up with 27, which, you know, after getting 20 in the first half, you'd kind of expect <laughs> yeah, more than seven <laughs> in the second half. But, you know, 27 still is super impressive. And then, yeah. of course, 40 points, which is... Uh, ridiculous mm-hmm. uh kcp 20 aaron gordon 19 very good all around there mm-hmm. not to mention Jokic had 10 assists that game uh murray had 11 so good job there on passing the rock for those guys mm-hmm. we look up at uh charlotte and lonzo ball 31 points looks like he's Really gotten back into the mix of things, coming mm. in hot. Uh, and then, you know, no other outstanding performances as far as points go. You know, 16 from Ubre, 15 from Gordon Hayward. Mm. And, you know, no one had a ton of assists. Alonzo had the most with five. Uh, yeah, Hayward had 10 rebounds, so that's pretty good for small forward. Yeah. Fortunately for them, it looks like their assists were spread out. So they were moving the ball a little bit, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have several players with four, four mm. someone with five, several twos. You know, you got they they all did a great job. Twenty six total assists. So, yeah, I I think the big story for Charlotte, uh, this was the first or second game with Gordon Hayward back in the lineup. So, you know, you expect them to have that progress. And like you mentioned, Lamelo's getting back in the swing of things too. So they're getting some players back after being hampered with injuries so that's big but yeah Jokic huge game and there was some other stat where like his final stat line was similar to something Wilt did at one point I didn't see exactly what that was but yeah that's a a monster game yeah Um, I realized I called him Lonzo earlier not LaMelo at least I think I said Lonzo I might have said Lonzo just barely too. No, you said you said La, you said Lamelo Lamelo, and then I was like, wait, did I say Lamelo or Lonzo? <laughs> you might have said Lonzo, uh, Leangelo. Yeah, that's the one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I I was just a random side comment though, like 27 rebounds, I is absurd. It, it, this has nothing to do with anything, but do you know what uh, Wilt Chamberlain's highest rebounding average was for a season? It wasn't like 50 or something. Not quite 50. That was a scoring average, but. 38. Closer. 27. He oh. averaged. He averaged 27 <laughs> rebounds 
and not once but twice in his rookie season he averaged 27 rebounds wow and the next year he did it again anyways side, side comment <laughs> <laughs> i won't <laughs> won't dwell on that too much but uh Okay, yeah. Why it looks like maybe you have one last comment on uh, a Sunday game, possibly. Yeah. So the sixth, sixth men is just the Magic at Boston. So this mm. is just kind of unique going with that first five on five game. They beat the Celtics again. You know, another, mm. another win over the top team in the, uh, in the East, or I guess previously the top team in the East. They just barely. Mm got passed by the bucks but uh you know you have to wonder are the celtics do they just struggle against the magic is there something about the magic that i don't know is a bit magical or (laughs) or i like that that's good i mean they did go one and three this last week so yeah i mean i i think they'll pick back up but it it was just i just thought it was interesting to know you know one of the worst teams in the East beat arguably the best team in the East twice this last week. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and of course those, those two losses to the same opponent go a big way towards that one and three record for the week. Um, maybe it has something to do with the parquet floor. Cause you know, the, the magic have that too, right? The parquet floor. Uh-uh. You know what I'm I talking do. about? <laughs> I don't. I have no idea. <laughs> okay. okay. So the Celtics court, right? You know how it's like the checkerboard type pattern? Uh-huh. So the Celtics, like, they've done that for as long as, you know, anyone can remember. I'm sure there's, like, a year they started it. But um, they were the only ones, like, who did it that I think, I mean, at least I was aware of. But when the Magic came into the league, they said, oh, yeah, we'll do that too. And that's such polar opposites. Like, the Celtics, like, are one of the most historic teams in all of sports, right? Because they date back to before the NBA, like barnstorming leagues and stuff. And then you have the Magic, which was like all, you know, oh, what was the song they had? They, they had like a song that the stuff. Have you seen their mascot that like orange or not yeah. orange? The green fuzzy, like thing, nobody knows. Yeah. No, yeah, nobody knows what that thing is. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like... <laughs> Oh, who was it? Uh, Jackie McMullen, I think, said it was like, it's like a Disney episode, like yeah. when Magic <laughs> first came in, like just, and so like the polar opposites and it's like, and the Magic are the other ones to take the parquet floor and do it. So <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. And that's probably kind of an obscure point, like, you know, who else? Why would you make that comparison? But anyways, uh, just, <laughs> I mean, it's just, interesting. <laughs> just digging for, for reasons. But yeah, we'll, of course, talk about the, the Celtics slide a little bit and the Magic's improvement in our power rankings as well. But Wyatt, thank you for taking the lead on that five on five. That was well done. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, of course. Wish I was m- more prepared, but you know, <laughs> no worries. I, I did for the listening audience. I did kind of spring this on Wyatt like a couple minutes before we started recording, but I think <laughs> I think he did good uh, regardless. So so hats off to him. And we'll go ahead and move on to our key news here, real quick. We've got a bunch of things to talk about. There was a lot of stuff that happened over this last weekend. Um, a couple things were good. Um, no, who am I kidding? Most of it's bad. Um, <laughs> first off, a uh, minor transaction from Friday. Uh, Chicago Bulls waived 
uh, forward Costas Antetokounmpo. Of course, he's the brother of of Giannis, uh, Thanasis. Alex, I think, is the other one who is maybe still in college at this point. Um, But they waive him. He was on a two-way contract, and they instead sign uh, Carlick Jones, who's a guard. Uh, So they make that transactional move. Next, uh, John Morant. So he was ejected. Uh, He got, looks like, two quick techs in their game Friday. And he had been talking to fans when he got his second technical. And the reports I saw looked like he was complaining to the fans about the refs. Like, just kind of side-talking, like, oh, these refs are, you know, whatever he says. (laughs) And so, so he gets ejected. And then, reportedly, he FaceTimes his dad who's nearby and he has his dad take the phone over so he can keep talking to the fans <laughs> during the game. And uh, So that was interesting. I don't know if he uh, got a fine. I didn't quite see anything like that, but uh, just kind of interesting. Yeah, that's pretty funny. There. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, you know, from the little we've, the more and more we kind of get to know Jaws' personality, that kind of fits with yeah. <laughs> who he is. So, um, okay, so we'll go to a couple. We'll go to more of the negative stuff here. Uh, firstly, Stephen Curry, if he if he missed it on Friday, uh, he's jostling for a rebound and ended up hurting his shoulder. Uh, he's reportedly going to miss quote a few weeks with that shoulder. So that's uh, you know devastating news, especially for the Warriors. Um, we of course wish Steph Curry a speedy recovery from that. Um, you know, we'll see how the Warriors are able to do in his absence. Uh, in that same vein, uh, I think this was also Friday, potentially Saturday. Uh, Anthony Davis in, got he injured his foot. Uh, thought it might have been an ankle, but it was a foot. He'll be out at least one month, and that's devastating news for a Lakers team that was finally kind of putting the pieces together. Um, and especially for Anthony Davis, who he was doing so well to start the season compared to seasons past where he's missed time with injury. Again, we wish him the best in being able to recover from that injury and get back out on the floor. A um, couple even more negative things. Um, Ex-NBA All-Star Amari Stoudemire uh, was reportedly charged with punching his daughter. This is just a horrible story to have to hear about. Um, from what I read in the report, it was... He, Kind of the story that's circulated is that uh, I think that he, him and his uh, his wife have separated, and so he he has he had the kids at home, and something about reports of the kid, uh, the daughter back talking, or that's what he said, and so then he you know old school parenting I guess, but not to that extent to you know punch, and just a horrible story you know. And it's, a, it's such a shame because he was a, such a great player uh, in his time when he played. So I'm sure we'll get more updates on that, but definitely a horrible story to have to hear about. Um, what was the age of his daughter? Did you? From what I saw, so he has two daughters. One of them 17, one of them is 14. It didn't say which one. Like, apparently that has not been reported. So right. like, I guess it doesn't really matter that much, but just curious. Yeah, like... Either it, way, it's... <laughs> it, it, it matters to an extent, like you know, it could be worse in that sense. It's still very bad, but it could be even worse. So, like, it's still not great, though. So, yeah, definitely definitely a a negative story there. Um, 
another sad, more just a sad story here. Uh, former Knicks player Lewis Orr uh, passed away at the age of 64. Um, he was a solid role player from what I remember of his career. Uh, looked like he was a more of a standout player at Syracuse in his college days. Um, so, of course, best wishes to his family at this time. Um, more of a back on the negative side. I, again, I, I apologize that the news <laughs> from this last <laughs> weekend is not very apologize very for all of these people. <laughs> yeah, I apologize. Well, and I apologize for whoever this is. There's no um, clear news. So this next story is what I'm leading into here. Uh, there's reports that so if you remember, I think it was during the summer or even last season, uh, the Suns owner Robert Sarver was kind of forced out or forced to sell the team because he was uh, establishing kind of a toxic workplace. If you want to compare it to, say, like the Dan Snyder situation in the NFL, something similar to that, where he's, you know, I don't even know how to describe it, but that's just the word that's been most tied to this kind of situation is toxic. But there's now recently reports of others who are higher up in the Suns organization contributing to that toxic workplace culture. Uh, I think ESPN has a great, you know, story where they're able to go more in depth as far as what these reports constitute, but yeah, just not a great thing to hear about, you know, hopefully that gets worked out. Those who've been wronged or, you know, made whole, whatever the situation is, we don't know for sure. Um, Okay. A little bit lighter things. They're still not great, but uh, Al Horford was fined twenty five thousand for uh, contact with the Magic's with the the NBA let NBA dot com headline read Magic's Wagner. They didn't specify which because the two brothers are on the team. There's Maurice Wagner and Franz Wagner. Uh, this time it was Maurice, the older brother, and uh, contact is light. If you saw the highlight, he basically like you know elbows him out of the way. Um, so, anyways, he was fined for that. Uh, Kings head coach, Sacramento Kings head coach, Mike Brown, was fined $25,000 as well for, quote, aggressively pursuing an official. So there's another fine. And uh, let's make it a third fine. Miami Heat were fined $25,000 for violating league injury reporting rules. Now, let me pull this up because I saw some of this come up this weekend, like, on my ESPN stuff, and I didn't ever get – a clear idea of what this was talking about. Let me read. Let's see. NBA Miami Heat been fined twenty five thousand dollars. The Heat failed to disclose an accurate game availability status for several players prior to its game versus the Thunder on December fourteenth. Okay, so that's what the NBA headline says. Let me see if I can pull up that ESPN headline because it was kind of bizarre the way it read. Um, yeah, so this was Friday, late late at night Friday, ESPN reported Heat list all 16 players on injury report ahead of Saturday's game versus Spurs hours after they were fined for this injury reporting scenario. So <laughs> I wonder if they're like trying to that's like a that seems like a Pat Riley move. Like, okay, you're gonna find me for injury reporting. Okay, everyone's injured. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I guess they can't play. <laughs> I guess they can't play. Or maybe it's like a, a loophole thing. Like, okay, we'll just report everyone is injured. And then like day of, oh, they're actually good to play. Maybe they're trying to, you know, do something that way. It's hard to say. But yeah, kind of an interesting situation. Um, yeah, I 
think we're getting close to the end of our news. Let's start getting more more positive with our news to close it out. Um, firstly, Joe Ingles returned. He played tonight. This is from – I'm cheating. It's from Monday's action. But Joe Ingles played NBA basketball. He played for the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. <laughs> um, he went 0 for 4 from the floor, but he played. So he's back. Uh, Joe Ingles, Jingling Joe. I wish he was on the Jazz still, but it's good to see him back uh, in, playing. Uh, next, let's check in on our LeBron scoring tracker. I say ours. Really, the NBA. 732. 732. He's got it pulled up. I've got it pulled up. You've got it pulled up at home. 732 <laughs> points to go. Um, so he's he's getting closer. Um, next, Donovan Mitchell and Nicole Jokic were named the NBA Players of the Week for the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, respectively. And finally... This is a news about tomorrow. All-star voting opens tomorrow, Ooh. Tuesday. So, yes, we're both excited for that. Make sure you get your votes in. Um, and if you've been listening to the show, you should have hopefully a good idea of who to vote for. I don't know if we've talked about it as much as we should, but maybe that'll, be t- maybe that'll be tomorrow's show, talking about <clears throat> all-star picks. But, okay, uh, that is our news. Let me – I know I've been talking for a little while. Um let me real quick breeze through our game previews and then I'll have Wyatt chip in on what he we kind of thinks of uh, what games we have coming up this week. Uh, I did prep him with this a little bit beforehand, so he should, shouldn't feel too on the spot about this. Um, <laughs> okay. So firstly, again, all the times that I'll give the times of these games start will be given in Eastern standard time. That being said, firstly on Tuesday, we have five games on Tuesday and we have a TNT doubleheader that day. Firstly, at 7.30, the Warriors visit the Knicks. Uh, and then at 10 o'clock, the Grizzlies are at the Nuggets. They probably had Warriors-Knicks on TNT because they expect Curry to have a big game. But with him out, uh, I expect the storyline there. See what the Knicks can do. See if they can extend their win streak. Meanwhile, Grizzlies-Nuggets, that's a great matchup of two of the the maybe the two best teams in the Western Conference at the moment. Uh, next Wednesday, there's 11 games on Wednesday. Uh, the NBA NBA TV will have a doubleheader at 7:30. They will have the Warriors at the Nets. Yes, they're highlighting Warriors back to back nights on national TV. Um, shocker. <laughs> yeah, sh- shocking, right? <laughs> um, this time at the Nets. So I guess. Oh, Durant against his old team, even though it's been several years. He probably he probably didn't care much the first time, yeah. let alone now. But um big yeah. all-star mix though there too. You know, Kyrie, yeah. Durant, then the Warriors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So minus it, Steph, I guess though. Yeah, minus Steph. Again, that's that's devastating, but it could still be an interesting <clears throat> game. I guess it's interesting with both those games. You're watching, you know, back to back that road trip <clears throat> and the Warriors stay in New York. First it's the Knicks and then it's Nets. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. And then the second game on Wednesday of that doubleheader at 1030, the Hornets at the Clippers. Um, but this game, I guess, see what LaMelo can do, because otherwise I would think, no disrespect Hornets, I would think the Clippers should win that game. Um, as far as a couple games that might be worth considering outside of the the national broadcast, a couple league pass games at 7 o'clock, the Bucks at the Cavs, two of the best teams in the Eastern Conference. I think that'd be a great matchup. And then at 8 o'clock on League Pass, the Mavericks at the Timberwolves. Those are two teams in the West who are kind of middle of the pack. They're trying to find themselves, find a rhythm, right? I think mm-hmm. that'd be a very interesting game to watch. Uh, Thursday, we only have 
two games on Thursday, one national broadcast on NBA TV at nine o'clock. Uh, the Wizards are at the Jazz. Uh, could be an interesting game. I don't know. Of course, we'd like to see the Jazz win. And then on Friday, there are 14 games. Uh, nearly all the teams are playing on Friday, except for the Jazz and the Warriors. We got them in three times. We filled our quota. Um, <laughs> even though they're not playing Friday, we've talked about them three times. Um, okay, so we have, interestingly enough, a doubleheader, but the first game is on NBA TV. That one's at 7.30, the Bucks at the Nets. And then the second one is on ESPN at 10 o'clock, the Grizzlies at the Suns. Couple repeat performers, you know, multiple Nets games, multiple uh, Grizzlies games. So, you know, I, I guess you're expected to get that with the the best teams or the teams with the star players. But one mm-hmm. more game to consider: League Pass at eight o'clock on Thursday on Friday night. Excuse me, the Pacers at the Heat. The Pacers have fallen in recent weeks. The Heat made a big jump, and we'll talk about that more with our power rankings within the last week. Those teams are kind of close to the same record, though. And it's a renewal of the r- rivalry from about 10 years ago, the Paul George and Braun type rivalry. Um, different players, of course, but it could still be a very interesting game. And that takes us through our game previews. Okay. We've gotten through everything, right? Why? We've got through our, our five on five, our key news, right. our game previews. Let's get to more of the conversational type stuff. This is the, the you know, kind of back half, the second half of the show. Uh, and we're going to talk about our power rankings. Let's go ahead and jump to that and take a look at what we are working with here. Again, this is our power rankings at the end of week nine, based on kind of what these teams did through week nine. Both of us have different approaches. I kind of take this, you know, more what they've done recently and ranking them purely based on that. Wyatt likes to take a more you know, long-term approach of how he thinks these teams will more realistically kind of progress, you know, change, stay the same, improve or regress as the season goes along. Um, Wyatt, should I let you start or do you want me to kind of start? Doesn't matter to me, my friend. Okay. I'll just kind of quickly mention a couple points of mine. Um, My power rankings look a bit, odd because there were teams that made big jumps and big falls and because of the way that those records kind of worked out there were teams that did really nothing wrong and fell or you know maybe had a lackluster week and ended up rising just because of what other teams did so for example uh the sacramento kings went two and one they had a winning record and yet on my rankings, they fell three spots simply because of what other teams were doing around them, kind of, and especially in their conference. So, you know, again, I apologize to Sacramento fans. I, <laughs> I, I like the Kings too. I, I like what they're doing this season. I just, at this particular point in time, felt like some teams needed to move up above them, kind of based on overall record and what they've, what they themselves were able to do this last week. Um, Kind of similar story, but in reverse, the Thunder went one and three, yet they jumped up one spot because a couple of teams had some really poor weeks and they fell. Uh, those teams being, of course, the Bulls and the Wizards. Wizards went 0 and 4. They've managed to break up that 
five group of five that we've had at the bottom <laughs> for how long, right? It's been Pistons, Hornets, Magic, Spurs, Rockets in yep. whatever order based on how they did that week. But now the Magic have jumped up. They're not in the bottom five. They're they're right. They're just barely above the bottom five. But they're not in the bottom five. The Wizards yeah. have taken their spots because the Wizards have kind of been free falling the last few weeks. Uh, the Raptors they have had a lot sports. of movement like this season, <laughs> you know. Because remember they were pretty bad at the start, and then it was mm-hmm. like, is this team going to be competitors? And they were like getting kind of high in the rankings, and now they're like tanking again. <laughs> you you make a very good point. I mean. Yeah, we look back not too far. Um, let's see, what was that? Week four was that their highest? Um, yeah, week four they were all the way up to like ten, like they were doing a great job at the start of the season, and then things have fallen apart. I think they've they've had some injury issues, but whatever was working early is not working lately, and yeah, they've just kind of free falled. Um, other big movers. The biggest positive mover for me is Miami. They went 4-0, and they jumped up seven spots. Um, They've jumped themselves up into that top half just barely. Um, The Jazz moved up one spot because they went 2-1, so good for them. Um, (laughs) Us as Jazz fans, we always got to, you know, kind of shout out what they're doing. Meanwhile, the Pelicans, they, they had a big fall. They were up as high as three last week. But then they went 0-3, and they fell five spots. And the top two have switched for the first time in a while. I now have the Bucks first, Celtics second, and then the Grizzlies, Cavs, Nuggets, Nets, they all kind of just moved up uh, to take that the spot that the Pelicans cleared. So uh, I think that's kind of most everything. Warriors, Pacers both made big falls. Um, Wyatt, go ahead and uh, take us through your power rankings. Maybe what you have different, the same, kind of what they're looking like. Yeah, so uh, I also switched the Bucks and Celtics at the top again, which mm. you know I have had Celtics one for quite a while as well. But I've I've wanted the Bucks to be one because I'm more of a Bucks fan, and also I I feel like a healthy Bucks is uh, a better team than the Celtics, but. That's just kind of a my opinion thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they bumped back up to first. You know, not much movement there in the rest of the top pack. Grizzlies and Nuggets are the same. Nets moved up a few spots, which uh, it seems to be following a trend. They're another one of those teams that all year have been like, the Nets, I feel like, are going to be good. They just didn't have it figured out earlier on. And now that Kyrie is being more consistent, uh actually playing with them they've figured it out the last few weeks and last week they moved up eight spots and this week they moved up another three so i think they're right there where they belong now long term in the in the top of the pack mm-hmm. uh pelicans fell a couple spots for me too with their uh 0-3 performance 76ers made a little bit of a jump not that that was you know just kind of they had a 2-0 record and some other teams dropped which kind of pushed them up nothing incredible but they did have a winning record mm-hmm. and then Mavericks jumped up a few spots they didn't actually have a winning record they were 2-2 two and two. Heat jumped up 6 spots so also moved up pretty significantly like on your power rankings mm-hmm. Pacers fell 7 spots which is a bit much maybe because they 
I mean, they were one and three, mm-hmm. and they have better records than, you know, like the Lakers, a better record than like the Lakers and a couple of these other teams that I have above them. But, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. I think that the Lakers could be a better team than the Pacers if, you know, not now with Anthony Davis out, it, it'll be a little harder for them. But mm-hmm. I, I fully expected them to pass them in the rankings until that injury happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than that, bottom pack's pretty much the same. I mean, Wizards did drop into that uh, fifth spot, you know, fifth from the bottom spot, mm. which pushed Magic up to sixth from the bottom. So go <laughs> <Hooray>. Magic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much what I have. Yeah. Uh, I'm not a, not a ton of big moves for me. Yeah. Yeah, well, it looks like kind of similar to me in some of those places like you talked about with the Mavericks, like jumping up, even though they had kind of a an average week, right? You know, just right. for some reason this week flux in some places or maybe we didn't expect. But um, yeah, you know, we, we kind of half joke about, you know, oh, the Magic jumping out of that bottom five, they're making big moves. But really, they have won their last six straight games. And if you look at Bang, what Bancaro is doing, and their kind of roster as a whole. I like the direction Orlando's going in and, you know, feel good about them, you know, maybe taking a few more spots within the next few weeks. Um, right. Yeah, they are doing well. They're, yeah, they're doing great. How about New York? Um, I think they've won seven their last wins, six. Yeah. Or seven. last seven. Yeah, so mm-hmm. the Knicks, uh, you know, have moved themselves up. They're still kind of middle of the pack, but, you know, they're – they're certainly in that playoff type mix in the East, so that's great to see. Yeah, um, but there's a few teams right there in the East. Cavs four, Nets six, 76ers five, and mm-hmm. Heat right after the next four game winning streak. So all of them are really moving up, which of course <laughs> explains, you know, like the Pacers and Raptors and Bulls that are all on, and obviously the Wizards 10 game losing streak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, uh, five through nine is pretty competitive at the moment. They're only separated by three games. Um, yeah. All those teams that you talked about, that's going to be a very interesting mix. And that last spot in that Eastern conference at the moment is kind of a, you know, curiosity, like the Raptors are kind of bad right now, but they'd still be in the playoffs. So. Right. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> definitely be interesting to watch that uh, as we go forward. But other than that, uh, I think that takes care of our power rankings. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into our weekly MVP discussion. Uh, If you're new to the show, basically what we do is we look at the numbers uh, for specific players. We kind of tend to focus on players with winning records, uh, you know, positive plus minus, and of course, big stat, you know, statistical performances from the previous week of action, this being week nine. So we're looking back last week, we take the players with the, you know, kind of most standout performances from that week and pick an MVP for that specific week. Um, me being the professional that I am, I failed to grab the marker for our trophy. So I'm going to let Wyatt fill the time for about 15 seconds while I go grab a marker. <laughs> okay, perfect. <laughs> I hope you wish right you back. luck in your endeavors. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So some of the names that we have listed here as potential candidates are Devin Booker, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, Joel Embiid, Donovan Mitchell, LeBron James, Damian Lillard, Jalen Brunson, and Kawhi Leonard. 
all of these players have had pretty stellar weeks and Carson and I are now going to argue until we decide which one is the best from based on their performance of the last week. Wyatt, thank you for that rundown. I appreciate it. Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> fortunately, <laughs> the, uh, fortunately, the marker is just like around the desk. So we've, we've got it now. Um, again, for those who haven't been here before, we have a kind of opaque trophy that we write the name of the player for each week that's won it. Um, our most recent MVP for last, uh, so this is two weeks ago, week eight was Nicole Jokic. Had a pretty solid uh, week. The last few weeks, we've had to kind of debate this a little bit more. And before before that, we had several weeks of, oh, there's one clear and obvious choice. Mm-hmm. And part of that has been we've kind of shied away from wanting a repeat player, which, you know, I, I guess, you know, it's fun to have a new name, but we're at a point, we've done eight names already. We probably should be a little bit more open to the idea of a repeat player if they have a really standout week. So um, yes. regardless, yeah, Wyatt's mentioned the names that we're going to talk about. Wyatt, I'm going to ask you, is there a name looking at this list right now based on their stats, their, their team performance? Is there a name that kind of jumps out to you? Because I have a possibility that I'm pondering that would kind of shake up the whole rules of what we've done with this trophy. And I'm going to, I'm going to let you go first. So before I mention this. Okay. Mine is not shaking anything up and quite, it's the, it's, it's the exact opposite of that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Jokic is the standout to me again this week, Mm. you know, 36 points, 17.3 rebounds, 8.7 8.7 assists. He, his turnovers were a little high six, with six, but then 3.7 steals, which is higher than anyone else we have on this list. Mm. You know, and so is his points, rebounds, and assists. Uh, you know, stellar performance. Blocks isn't great, 0.3, but mm-hmm. you know, you can't do everything. <laughs> <laughs> you, you that, can... That's not. That's not to say that he's not playing, you know, like he, yeah. that he's not contending shots because he, he definitely does contest shots. He's just, you know, it's not like he's got a 40 inch vertical or a crazy wingspan, <laughs> you know, he's an yeah. athletic white guy that gives the rest of us hope, but <laughs> he still plays great ball. He's definitely not a, not an ultra athlete, but you say yeah. you can't do everything, but you can certainly try. And that's yeah. kind of what he's doing, right? He's doing <laughs> yeah, a little exactly. bit of everything. Um, yeah. Turnovers are high, but you know, his assist to turnover, assist to turnover ratio is probably one of the worst it's been or, you know, worse than he he's, you know, used to, but right. he's still moving the ball. He's, it's winning basketball. I mean, they were two and one when he played this last week and 17 rebounds is tremendous. Of course, that's aided by that 27 rebound night, but mm-hmm. still a great game or still a great week. And 3.7 steals, you know, I failed to notice that when I was putting the stats together, but that's, you know, pretty remarkable for a week stretch to get nearly four steals a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was definitely huge. Um, all right. You ready for my suggestion that would shake up the whole idea of what we've done with this? Yeah, I want to hear it. Okay. I've built this up, but so I was looking at the stats, right? We talked about it a little bit with our power rankings. New York's had a great week, right? The Knicks right. are, have turned things, you know, on a positive 
angle. They're in, they're firmly in that Eastern conference playoff mix. Um, so of course, one of those players is going to be listed on our discussion for a weekly MVP, right? For this week, mm-hmm. it ended up being uh, Jalen Brunson simply because he had the most points of any Nick player this week. He averaged 27 points a game um, along with two rebounds, five assists, uh, three turnovers, two steals. So very solid stat line. He was a plus six. So he had a good week. But then followed very shortly behind him, uh, he's followed very shortly behind by Julius Randle, who averaged 25 points. He had 13 rebounds, uh, nearly five assists, three turnovers, a steal. He was a plus nine. And then pretty close behind him is R.J. Barrett, who had 24 points, uh, four rebounds, I believe, yes. Uh, one, one assist, a few more turnovers. He is, you know, not other than points, his stat lines wasn't as stellar, but he was the best plus minus of the three. He was an 11.7. So that group was all pretty close and New York had a great week. So my wild idea was what if we give a group MVP and they've sort of done this in the past with the NBA awards. If those who are NBA history buffs will remember, uh, there's been a couple times in the past where there have been co-rookie of the year winners. One time I can remember off the top of my head was 1995 when Grant Hill and Jason Kidd were co-MVP or co-rookie of the years, excuse me, rookies of the year. So, that's my initial idea. Why? Give me your honest opinion on this idea. Garbage. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> All um, right. Well, we'll throw it out. <laughs> no, I, think, I think that is a really interesting idea. Uh, it does like open up a whole bunch of other possibilities, though, because now I'm thinking like, what do Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving's stats look like for the last week? And you know, we've had Irving right. in this list before, and he's not in this in, in this week, so. Maybe it wasn't as stellar as last week's performance, mm-hmm. but it does make me wonder, like, still, those two probably outperform, you know, the three Knicks players. And they probably. also had a 3-0 winning record. I don't know. So I, I like it, but also I'm like, it's just making me rethink all of these other players and they're like, you know, teammates that also may have had stellar weeks it's it's a fair point and i totally hear you i mean if you look at durant in particular this week i mean three and oh about 34 points a game six boards four assists uh a steal a block i mean yeah tremendous numbers i'm sure that Kyrie is not far behind at all i mean yeah he's 31 uh yeah 31 points per game uh five boards four assists you know, only two turnovers. I mean, yeah, he had, he had a great week as well. So you could throw them in that kind of conversation too. You know, the Nets duo, if we want to open it up, like you're talking about, like what else could we do with this? Right. Um, My counter would be, and I know this is something we've said, do we also want to shy away from this as like a caveat, but how often are we going to be talking about 
Knicks players in this conversation, you know? Right. That that's and, true. Probably not again. <laughs> or probably at least not very often. <laughs> not not very often. But then that's also that brings up the question, well, is that how we want to think of it? Like, oh, we have right. to give it to a certain, you know, oh, it's gotta be this team this week because they finally had a good week, you know. Like, do we not give it to a deserving player simply because we expect them to get it in the future, you know? Right. So that's it's a fair point. And, you know, that's why I was kind of hesitant. Like it's kind of an iffy idea, but that's my idea to throw out there. If we take that away and we're looking just at one player, I would, I would focus on Damian Lillard personally. Okay. And the reason I would focus on Lillard, I mean, three and one, very solid stretch, 31 points, three boards, six assists, uh, three turnovers of steel. So the stat line is pretty solid for the week. Not as stellar as maybe a Jokic, but you got to take into consideration something. Okay. So we shot 51% from the floor this last week. And he, uh, let's see, he made six and a half threes a game on 13 attempts for 50%. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. He was 50% from three on 13 attempts per game. Like, that is ludicrous. And yeah. I believe this was this week included that 11 three pointer game. Let me double check that because I'm not exactly sure. Um, let me pull up basketball reference. But he's, he's a name that I would definitely want to mention in that conversation. Um, Wyatt, so you're still probably focused on Jokic as maybe your number one pick. Is there another name that you'd want to focus on? Um, you know, I did, I did look at Durant pretty seriously and Doncic because they have, they both have stellar numbers. Actually, I'd probably even put Doncic above Durant this week. Mm -hmm. Uh, he had really impressive numbers. Same amount of points, almost 34. Same with Durant. One rebound more at seven per game. Almost eight assists. A little, little bit lower on the turnovers, which is nice. Not much, though. So. Mm -hmm. so, you know, he had a really impressive week. And then LeBron is also on our list here, and he also had a stellar week, just a, a little bit um, better than... Doncic in a few categories and a little bit worse in others. So, mm. you know, there are some competitors, but I would say those are my top three. Well, top four, you know, Jokic, Durant, Doncic, and uh, James. I mean, yeah. Lillard. Lillard's percentages are crazy, which, you know, I I could definitely be convinced of his, uh, him being the choice as well. I I just was looking up here Jokic's stats from this last week because I was curious to see some of the other shooting percentages. Yeah. For Lillard in the, the four games, the first of them was, yes, that 11 three-pointer outing against Minnesota at home. And then they were on a three-game uh, three road stretch. They won the first, lost the second, won the third. Uh, he made seven out of 14 against San Antonio, three of eight against Dallas and five of 13 against Houston. So he never had a game worse than like 38% from the floor. And, you know, he's pulling up like 
I, I'm sure he's, you know, doing logo threes and doing all that. And even though the assists aren't ultra high, he did have like a couple games. He had only three, but then he had a game of eight and a game of 10. So, hmm. you know, I, I feel like he's, he had a pretty great week, but you right. know, I, I certainly see the arguments for the other players. Um, do you have some stats for Jokic that you're able to pull up that you'd want to add to the mix? I haven't been able to find any, honestly, from his from the last game. I mean, I guess I could go to the actual games and look at it. You want just this last week for Jokic? Yeah. His percentages. So his percentages this last week, 62% from the floor, uh, 33% from three, uh, as, long, as well as 80% from the free throw line. Lillard, 85% from the free throw line. So okay, so they're pretty close. Lillard much better from three. Jokic a little better from just field in general. Which yeah, that's what you'd expect, of course. Um, yeah, for a big guy. See, I don't know. Yeah. This is a tough one. I, I of it course, is. in the back of my mind, I still like my Knicks idea, but I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to open up a rabbit hole of, oh, this week we're doing the entire. Celtics, you know, like right, uh, <laughs> and also that makes it hard because we kind of wanted to be able to look back and see, like, oh, you know, these these individuals were, you know, had one or multiple MVPs on our trophy, and mm-hmm. now they're like the the talk for season MVP, and like, or they won season MVP, and they had they were our MVP three times, you know, so. It kind of messes with that a little bit too, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely does. Although a name that was maybe number one on the MVP conversation for a long time, uh, Jason Tatum, he has yet to win it, which is kind of interesting. But, yeah, that is interesting. Um, regardless, yeah. So we'll maybe we'll figure out some other way to honor that Knicks trio. We'll come up with something. So we'll maybe eliminate them from the conversation. So. Who does that lead us with? Because, again, I would probably choose Lillard as my number one. I do have some bias because Lillard, Lillard is my favorite player of the players <laughs> on here. <Fair> so, <laughs> um, And maybe my favorite player in the league right now. But let's say okay. I exclude Lillard simply because of my bias. I would echo that LeBron is a great pick, as is Durant, as is Jokic. But... You know, LeBron, as much as we talk about the age and when is he going to slow down, I mean, this is a guy in his 20th season. It's a broken record. I'm sure you hear this everywhere that you you go these days. It's talking about the Lakers or in LeBron. But, I mean, 2-1 and one in the week, 32 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, um, 1.3 steals, 0.7 blocks. I mean, it's a pretty solid – stat line you'd expect from LeBron and especially considering losing Anthony Davis in uh one of those games that they won they lost him in that first quarter or first half to be able to get two wins out of a situation with basically no Anthony Davis and you know the roster that's still kind of trying to figure it out in Los Angeles I think LeBron could be a pretty good pick Right, and his uh, assist-to-turnover ratio was pretty good this week. You know, some weeks we see, you know, that we've had him on here, his, his turnovers are a little high. 
Mm. But this week, he's actually tied for the lowest on the list with only two turnovers a game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that well, would be another point in in his favor. Yeah, not, sure. a, not only tied for lowest turnovers total, but he does have the best ratio of anyone on this list. Yeah, yeah. Best ratio, so, for sure. Oh, show. I think this would be... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think that would be a pretty good pick. I mean, hopefully we're not shying away from Jokic too much, only because yeah. he won it last week, but... No, I, mean, I agree, too, especially with the, the Anthony Davis injury and, like, still pulling out the wins. I think that I think that would push him to number one over Jokic on my on my vote for this week. Plus, LeBron is one of your favorite players, right? LeBron is one of my favorite players, yeah. <laughs> so, no, but so fair I enough. I guess I have that bias there, too. <laughs> A little bit. But, no, I'm, I'm conceding. Honestly, this is outside of that, you know, favorite players because he had a stellar week you know, helping keep the Lakers ship afloat um, in that, that Lake show, you know, how many people that are Lakers fans have no idea where the name comes from. That's, <laughs> that's a side conversation, but anyway, <laughs> um, with that, would you want to lock that in LeBron for MVP this week? I'm up for that. Okay, perfect. So we'll go ahead and write it in again. We're on the, like the handle part of it. So it's kind of, tricky to try and write this in but we'll go ahead our week nine mvp oh geez i gotta do a little e now because because i normally write for our listening audience that has not seen this yet i normally write in all caps but to write a name like lebron correctly in all caps you still need to do a lowercase e to signify that the b is capitalized Right. So I had to do a lowercase e. Um, hopefully that. Okay, I think it turned out all right. Why? Yeah, how does it look? We're looking, we're looking good there. Oh, beautiful. Okay, nice. perfect. Yes. So our week nine MVP is none other than LeBron James, the man who's in a constant battle with Father Time, who is played by <laughs> Jason Momoa. Um, LeBron we've got your trophy here Um, please don't hate us just because we're in Utah Um, I know (laughs) he's he's like oh you're you're in Utah forget that yeah he's (laughs) gonna be the first player that we've nominated to not come get the trophy and I know all the other guys have dropped by you know like (laughs) late at night you know they're on on a road trip they'll even if it's like the next week they'll drop by and get a picture at least with it say hey i won it a couple weeks ago but yeah lebron check our instagram for the the photo album (laughs) (laughs) you know we should really try and do that though see if we can if i (laughs) i have no experience i have no experience (laughs) with photoshop but man that would be something to try and promote the show (laughs) that would be great just at your apartment <laughs> complex. <there. laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like in my little dinky kitchen, just hanging out. <laughs> LeBron James. But, okay, yeah, perfect. We've got LeBron for week nine. I'm excited to see. Uh, well, I'm sure both of us are excited to see what week 10 will bring, what exciting new performances will throw a new name into the conversation. Or maybe we'll, at some point, I'm sure we'll have a repeat winner. We've We've shied away, but we've also managed to talk ourselves into not having a repeat winner yet. But we've had some great names. 
I thought uh, someone did repeat. Did somebody repeat? Didn't uh, Embiid win twice? No, he was one where we talked about he could repeat, but then we ended up going a different way. Oh, okay. And Jokic is only one, one oh, just one last week, right? That's yeah, it. yeah. Jokic is only one, oh. one. Yeah, we've had no repeat winners yet. Okay, um, I, I didn't realize that because for in my mind, I was thinking that Jokic and Embiid had been on there twice, but I guess that's just because they we talk about them ser- very seriously every single week because yeah, they're always exactly. freaking good. <laughs> they're they're always in that mix, you know. And it's interesting because Tatum has for most weeks has been in that mix too, but we haven't seriously picked him yet yeah and, and haven't even really week. like we haven't even talked about him that much it seems like no i mean it, it maybe is because he's been that for under for MVP, the normal you know season mvp but um certainly let's keep that in the back of our mind we maybe need to give him a little bit more respect next time he's back in the mix with our weekly fair MVP. enough but yeah um regardless that kind of finishes that up why i do have a bonus section that was inspired by well, um, it's directly ripped from the NBA website. So they have every week they have this thing called the five, uh, okay, which is like everything to know for the next week, and it gives you like five points. Usually, the way they've do it been doing it is like the first thing is okay. Here's the excuse me, the new milestones. Like this player is gonna, for example, this week milestone watch Durant is close to entering the top 15 all time in scoring. So I was like, Hey, be aware of that. That could happen this week. Um, like this one, number two, the heat check hottest teams are in the East. That third one was that note about all-star voting opening on Tuesday. They'll usually highlight the national TV games, stuff like that. So anyways, this is just like a thing that previews kind of the week for you on the NBA okay. website, but this week they have a, a little bonus thing. Their fifth one is NBA trivia Christmas Day edition. There's only okay. there's five questions, so I thought this might be fun um, to go ahead and quiz both of us. I don't have anything to write this down on, but quiz both of us on five questions related to Christmas Day games. See how well we do. Okay, so, fair enough. Okay, are we ready to get started? Yes. Okay. First, or the first question it has: Which player holds the record for the highest scoring Christmas gate uh, Christmas Day game with sixty points? Is it A. Wilt Chamberlain, B. Michael Jordan, C. Bernard King, or D. Tracy McGrady? Um. Was it Bernard King? I want to say Bernard King as well. I okay. think that's who it was. I'm leaning so. that way as well. Okay. I feel like I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go ahead. I'll write this down. I'll lock it. We'll lock in. We're both answering C on number one. And then we'll check our answers at the end. Okay. Number two. Which team holds the record for the most Christmas Day wins in NBA history with 24? Is it A, the New York Knicks? B, the Los Angeles Lakers? C, the Chicago Bulls, or D, the Boston Celtics? So, immediate gut feeling is Lakers or Celtics, because they've been around forever and have been good for a long time. I I would probably say Lakers, but I don't know. What what do you think? 
so Wyatt says B. I would say A, the New York Knicks, because I think it's sort of similar to what the Lions have with the NFL and Thanksgiving. I, I feel like the Knicks have always had a tradition of Christmas Day games. So okay. that's I'm leaning towards Knicks, but we'll we'll see at the end who's right. Okay, number three. Which player holds the record for the highest scoring average on Christmas Day at 43.3 points per game over three Christmas Day games? Is it A, Wilt Chamberlain, B, Tracy McGrady, C, Jerry West, or D, Joel Embiid? I'm going Wilt. A. Okay. That's a that's a pretty safe bet. Um, I'm... I'm going to throw one out here. I think I might be wrong, but Tracy McGrady. See if he might be in that mix. I'm kind of curious. Okay, four. There have been 12 triple-doubles recorded on Christmas Day in NBA history. Who holds the record for the most with four? Is it A, Russell Westbrook, B, LeBron James, C, Oscar Robertson, or D, John Havlicek? Hmm. That is a good question. I, I'm leaning, you know, I know Oscar Robertson averaged a triple double and Russell Westbrook has repeated that. Mm-hmm. But I'm leaning away from Oscar Robertson because I don't know. I'm I'm thinking that playing super often on Christmas is a more regular is a more recent thing, but maybe it's mm-hmm. maybe it's not. Uh so I'm I'm wanna say Westbrook or LeBron, but I don't know which one to say. I'm I'm gonna say Westbrook. Okay, I'm gonna echo that as well. I would say it's Westbrook. Okay, and then number five. It's our last question. Which player holds the record for the most three pointers made on Christmas Day with twenty eight? Is it A. James Harden, B. Stephen Curry, C. Clay Thompson, or D. LeBron James? For some reason, I feel like I read about James Harden doing this, but I'm going to say Clay. Okay. So Wyatt's going with C, Clay. I'm. My answer might surprise you, but I think simply because he has played in a lot more Christmas Day games than any of the other three guys, I'm going to say LeBron. Fair enough. I think that's reasonable. So my answer is D. Okay. So we agreed on a couple, differed on the rest. Let's go ahead and check our answers. Number one is C. So we were both correct on that. And remind me, that was... Uh... Uh, Bernard King holds oh, the record. Oh, yeah, 60-point game. Okay. Yeah, highest scoring Christmas Day game. Uh, number two, which team holds the record for most Christmas Day wins? Wyatt, you were correct. It was yes. the Los Angeles Lakers. Let's go, Lakers. <laughs> I stand corrected. <laughs> I thought for sure it was the Knicks, man, but you got me there. Um, okay, number three. Which player holds the record for highest scoring average on Christmas Day at 43.3 points per game? My bet paid off. It was Tracy McGrady. Dang. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so oh, we're well. <laughs> both two of three at this point. Number four. There have been 12 triple-doubles recorded on Christmas Day in NBA history. Who holds a record for the most? We were both wrong. 
It's C, really? Oscar Robertson. It is Oscar, huh? Yeah, so that, I, that's surprising. I was I mean, with not you. really, I guess. But... Yeah, but I was with you though. I kind of thought that there were more Christmas Day Christmas Day games lately than there were in the past. But yeah, I that's guess, what I thought. Guess we were wrong. So yeah, I guess so. Okay, so we're both two for four. This is the tie break here. This last question. Which player holds the record for the most three-pointers made on Christmas Day with 28? And the answer is D, LeBron James. Dude. I, I, <laughs> I should have gone with my guy. I was just thinking <laughs> if Clay had, you know, he always has those crazy games where he's like, I'm going to make 14 threes or something. And I'm like, right. if some of those fell on Christmas, then, you know. <laughs> but Yeah, definitely. Obviously it... not. So. It'd be a safe bet. He's got to be close, though. I mean, you have to think, right? But yeah. Um, okay, great. Yeah, I thought that was a nice little bonus thing to throw in there at the end of our uh, normal programming. Let yeah. me go ahead and add in our this day in history fact for you before we get things wrapped up. So this day in history, uh, December 19th. Uh, this time we're going back to 1968. So December 19th of 1968. The Detroit Pistons traded Dave DeBusher to the New York Knicks for Walt Bellamy and Howard Comives. The acquisition of DeBusher is often credited as providing the last piece to the Knicks championship teams of 1970 and 1973. The midseason trade also allowed Bellamy to play in an NBA record 88 games that season with New York and Detroit. So just kind of an interesting scheduling wrinkle there right because i guess the uh the knicks would have played a bunch more games up to that point than detroit so when he got traded to detroit he had you know more than 82 games he he finished up with so kind of an interesting all-around point there all sorts of there's a lot to dig into with that this day in history fact yeah (laughs) my question is who is howard comives You're asking me? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm asking out loud. Let's look up Howard Comives. Uh, 6'1 point guard from Bowling Green. He was an all-rookie team member in 1965. Huh. Wow, his averages are really nothing to look at. <laughs> yeah. Howard, I mean, no I'm sorry to the to the older generation. You know, I mean, this 60s, is but... this is sixties. I it looks like he was a serviceable, okay starting point guard, if not a decent backup point guard. Right. I, I mean, like his best season, 15, 16 points, six assists. Like that's solid. It's just yeah. not stellar. So, Howard, shout out to you. You had a good career. All right. Um, <laughs> probably dead now. <laughs> probably. Hold on, we gotta check that now. I bet you he's alive. I mean, played in the sixties. I mean, he's gotta be. Nope, he died. <laughs> Howard, Howard, rest in peace. He passed ha. away in two thousand. No, I've tied you. <laughs> <laughs> you tied me. He died uh, on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Christmas time. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to the Comives family. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say no offense to the older generation, but they were all embarrassed to basketball. <laughs> oh my gosh. 
All right. Well, that's it's been an exciting episode for you. <laughs> we we uh we thank you for listening again. Um uh, Wyatt again, thank you for being on the show. We we appreciate it. appreciate you coming on and lending your your voice and your expertise, I suppose. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, Wyatt, any any parting thoughts for our listening audience? Uh just kidding you old folks you guys look great i just uh just joking around yeah just want to make that clear um you know i i don't really i'm interested to see what is going to happen on christmas that will make its way into the trivia for years to come you know so what eventful thing will (laughs) will happen (laughs) on this christmas game hopefully it's not an injury related thing hopefully it's some Random Joe drops 80 points or something. That would be really cool. It would be very cool indeed. So And Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays to all of you listeners out there. Yes, absolutely. Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays for me as well. Of course, I'll have a couple more days to, to wish you that before we go on our break. Just a reminder as far as what we're talking about with our schedule. So we will have uh, our last episode before a short break on uh, this Wednesday, the 21st. Then we will not have a show Thursday or Friday. Or next Monday or Tuesday, we'll be back the next Wednesday. Um, and then we'll have normal scheduling except for Tuesday and Wednesday of the following week. So Tuesday and Wednesday of the beginning of January, we'll not have a show on those two days. But we'll have a, our Monday show. So we'll only miss one Monday. Um, we might, excuse me, we might be able to get Wyatt fit in for a, a different day next week if he's, you know, if we're not going to have him on Monday. But we'll... We'll have to talk about that uh, outside of the show. I haven't mentioned this to Wyatt yet, but um, regardless, thanks everyone for listening and uh, we'll be back with you tomorrow.